listening to the Seven Rivers Student Ministry Podcast, a ministry of Seven Rivers Church in Citrus County, Florida. Here at SRSM, we believe that all students are lovable through a relationship with Jesus. Visit our website at sevenrivers.org backslash students. So yeah, the next um, few weeks, also it's good to be back. Not a lot of people here, there's a lot of sickness going around, which sucks, but um, good to be back. We took a week off last week, and we'll be here for the next few weeks. So the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at a few stories about Jesus in the Gospel of Mark. This thing is slowly falling. It's okay. Um, and the last four weeks, or four weeks previous, previous to this, we went through the whole Bible. So we talked about creation, fall, redemption, and consummation, what God's going to do when he comes back. And now we're going to look at the one that really made all of this possible. Um, the one that accomplished it for us. The one that, thank you, Sam, this is really annoying. Um, the one that accomplished everything for us. The reason that I'm here, Sam's here, helping me with this stupid Sam. Yeah, you love Sam. Uh, the reason we have this building, the reason we have snacks, like everything we do, the reason it's about Jesus and what he's done for us. Thanks, Mason. So that's who we're going to be talking about the next um, three weeks. With that said, we're going to read the passage that we're going to talk about today. And it's Mark 4. I think I have it up here on the screen. Maybe? Mikey? Jason? Someone? Someone? Hello? Mark? Yeah, sweet. Mark Port. So you can read along um, up there. It says, With many such parables, he, that's Jesus, spoke the word to them, as they were able to hear it. And Jesus did not speak to them without a parable, but privately to his own disciples. He explained everything to them. And on that day when evening had come, Jesus said to them, his disciples, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took with him uh, took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he, that's Jesus, he was in the stern, asleep on a cushion. And his disciples woke him and said, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And Jesus awoke, and he rebuked the wind, and he said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And Jesus said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And the disciples were filled with great fear. And they said to one another, Who then is this, that even the wind and the sea 
would obey him. So that's the passage we're going to talk about today. And I want to look at two things. First, who is this Jesus that commands the wind, the weather to obey him? And second, we're going to see how do we react to this all-powerful being, this one that is beyond our wildest imaginations. And I want us to be wrestling with this kind of big idea, and that is when Jesus enters into our stories, when he enters into our brokenness, when he enters into our messiness and our hurt, you really only have two options. You can either have faith and trust him and turn to him, no matter how small or weak you might think it is. Or we choose ourselves. We choose our own power, our own knowledge, and our own control. And today we're just going to be wrestling with the question, are you going to trust Jesus in the storm? Jesus invited his disciples, and he's inviting you, and he's inviting me into something better. So are we going to turn to him? And with that being said, first point, who is Jesus? Now, whenever I read this story, I always kind of am surprised that Jesus just doesn't seem, he just kind of seems a little bit mean. That's the best way I know how to put it. He just doesn't really seem like he cares. And I say that because the disciples are fishermen. They have been on the sea. They've been around the block a few times fishing on the sea. They know when a bad storm comes and they know when to not go out. And so they must have been pretty terrified when the waves were coming in on the boat and it was sinking. And they were like, oh my gosh, this is it. We're done for. We're in the middle of the sea. It's lightning. It's thundering. And Jesus doesn't seem to care. He's sleeping. He doesn't seem to face him at all. That's kind of an appropriate response, I think, to when you're facing death, when you're in the storm, when things around you seem to be suffocating and killing you. And Jesus asked them, why are you scared? And at first glance, although it might seem that Jesus is annoyed or doesn't care, I don't think that's totally the truth. And I think that because in verse 33 and 34, we read that Jesus has an intimate and special relationship with the disciples. He explains to them what he's teaching. He has been casting out demons. He has been healing the sick and the people who can't walk. And he's having this close relationship with these people, with his friends. He chose them out of anyone. And he decided to have a friendship and a relationship with them. And I think Jesus is the one that is calling you, calling me tonight. He is the one that chooses. He's the one that chooses to have a relationship with you. And he wants to be intimate with you. He wants you and he desires you. He has affections for you. He longs for you. And it doesn't matter how broken or how scared or how hard life is. He's still inviting you into the, his love and to live out of his love. Even in the storm and even in the brokenness when the waves are crashing in. And I think sometimes we want Jesus to love us. Uh, we kind of want to control that. We think that Jesus should love us in a certain way, in our way. That he shouldn't judge us. He shouldn't tell us what to be or how to act. That he should always give us what we want. But Jesus asked the disciples. And he's asking me and he's asking you. 
Why don't you have faith? And it wouldn't really be faith in someone if they always did what you wanted. Jesus is calling us into something more, something more real, something more intimate. The thing that he has with his disciples. He wants it with you. So, are you going to choose him? Are you going to run to him? Are you going to turn to him in his great care for you? And that's the first point I want to make about Jesus. He is someone that he cares deeply for. He's your friend. And he also says that you're his sister. You're his brother. You're his family. And second, I want to look at Jesus is complete control. So he's asleep. And in this madness, in the fear of the disciples, he is still under complete control. The disciples are afraid because they have no control. They're trying to shovel the water out of the boat, but it's just not working. And I mean, we don't have any control either, really. I don't have any control over the fact that it rains at 3 o'clock in Florida every single day. When y'all are walking out of school, or I'm trying to walk to my car, and it's just pouring. And then 30 minutes later, sun's out, and you wouldn't tell if it just rained. Like, this is unfathomable, unfathomable for me. And I can't control the fact that it's 100 degrees in, what is it, the middle of September? End of September? It's like 70, 60 degrees almost everywhere else in the world. What the heck? We don't have any control, really. But Jesus has complete power and control. And it actually goes above our wildest imagination. It actually goes above and beyond what we think he controls and I want to illustrate this by the fact that Jesus, when he got up, when the disciples were like, do you care about us? Jesus didn't say anything to them. He didn't tell them, oh, yeah, I do care about you. Like, let me help you try and get this water out. He gets up, rebukes the wind. He treats the wind and the storm as if it's a demon. Earlier in Mark, um, he cast out this demon and he rebuked the demon. And he told the demon to go away from the person that the demon was harming. This storm was harming someone that he cared about, people that he cared about. And Jesus treated the storm as if it was not right that it was there. Jesus rebuked it. He demanded the rain and the wind and the waves to shut up and be calm. And the disciples were terrified. This is, this is beyond what they could imagine a human can do. The power of a human. The power of God. And this is the same power that breaks into our lives today. Because Jesus is alive. And Jesus is asking me, he's asking you, why are you afraid? And why do you not want to put your faith in him? Are you going to choose or turn to yourself or your own strength, your own control? Or are you going to run to him? And this goes into the second point. How do we respond to this Jesus that has great care and great affection for you? And he also has the power to show you that. How do we respond? And I think we get a glimpse of this in the disciples and how they respond and how they react to Jesus. And this is 
kind of insane how the disciples react. We saw in verse when Jesus says, why are you so afraid? So the disciples are terrified. They're storm, they're dying, whatever. Jesus, miracle, calms everything. How would you react if you asked Jesus, hey, I really like this girl and I wanted to be my girlfriend. And he's like, oh, okay, yeah. How would you react? You would, yeah, thank you. You'd be happy. If Jesus like actually granted the request that you want, would you not be happy? Jesus saw their fear, calmed their storm, took the storm away, took their fear away. And how did they react? They were filled with a great fear. They were even more terrified after Jesus acted than they were before. They were more scared of Jesus and what he just did than the actual storm. What are you scared of? Are you scared of rejection? Are you scared that Jesus might ask you to change too much? Are you scared that you'll realize you don't really have any control or power and actually giving that up to Jesus is hard? One of uh, my bigger fears, one of my biggest, yeah, insecurities is being known and like being fully known. And in my relationship with my girlfriend, this plays out all the time. And it, she always just has to pry out of me information about what I'm scared, my insecurities, my sins. Um, and it's, it's like pulling teeth. It's like just painful for both parties. It's painful for me because I don't like to do that. And it's painful for her because she's just waiting to love me. Um, and I'm so reluctant and so hesitant to admit my own sin, admit my own problems. And at the root of it, really, I'm terrified of her knowing me fully and rejecting me because I'm not a good person. I'm selfish. I'm very arrogant. I don't want anyone to know how bad I really am. I twist the truth. This is one of my bigger fears for my relationship with her and others and also Jesus. I am terrified that he'll reject me. I'm scared that if he actually knew me and I actually admitted all the things that I've done, he would want nothing to do with me. And it is, that is a lie. That is not true. Um, just in this passage, Jesus has great affection, great care for his people. And he has great power to back that up. And that is a really hard thing to admit. Um, really hard thing to turn your trust to someone. But I want to say this, that Jesus has a deep, deep care for you. A few weeks ago when Mikey talked, he said one of his great comforts um, in being a Christian is the fact that Jesus stayed with his friends, Jesus stayed with his people, even though they rejected him. They abandoned him. They didn't trust him. They doubted him. Jesus had every reason to leave us because we are so fickle and weak people. But 
as much and as bad as we are, Jesus' love goes way, way deeper. And however much you think Jesus can never love you, I promise that he can surprise you with how much he does. The gospel is not about how much you can add. It's not about how good we are, how faithful we are. It's about what Jesus has already done for you and his invitation for you to trust that, for you to trust that he actually loves you. And sometimes I have to fake it. I have to tell myself, you know what? Today I'm actually going to believe that Jesus is gentle and lowly at heart and he wants to hear from me. I have to tell myself, oh, Jesus actually wants me to come to him. Jesus actually really knows me better than I can know myself and yet still loves me. And I think sometimes that, that is the faith that Jesus wants. In the storm, in the waves crashing, in the boat filling, are you still going to turn to him? Even when all else looks hopeless. And I want to close with this. So a few weeks ago, we talked about creation, talked about how God spoke and created everything. And we talked about how Jesus is the Word of God. It's John 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And Jesus created everything. Everything was created through him. And I think it's really fascinating. We see in this passage creation. We see the winds and the waves and the storms. We see creation recognize the voice of their creator. And they listen. And I want to ask you, I want to ask me, do you recognize the voice of your maker? The one that calls you his beloved? The one that went to the cross to be hung naked, beaten, bloodied, and he died? The one that has accomplished everything for you. Do you hear him? Are you going to listen? Are you going to trust and turn to him? Let's pray. Father, we need you. We're... We're so desperate for you that we look to anything else. We look to relationships. We look to people. We look to video games. We look to social media. We look to everything. But we need you. You're the only one that can satisfy. Be with us tonight as we break into small groups. Um, Yeah, let us know that you actually love us. Help us to believe that. Through your son's name we pray. Amen.